This episode was brought to you by our friends over at 405 Brewing, Norman's first brewery, where they are creatively brewing liquid art to share with the community. So if you're ever in my neck of the woods, be sure to check them out, and you can find out more information about their taproom hours on their website, 405brewing.com. Welcome to the 56th episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guest, Carrie Hicks. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. I am um, a mom of a type 1, and obviously our world was rocked about two years ago with his diagnosis, and I just feel like uh, there's a steep learning curve, and so this um, podcast is such a needed voice (laughs) to that. (laughs) I'm glad that we're not scaring, hopefully not scaring too many parents about what the real life is all about. But going back to, okay, so let's talk about your son. So Carrie has three children, which I didn't know. I thought she only had two. She's been really, I want to say cranking them out. I hate to say it like that, but good for you. So let's talk about your kids a little bit. Sure. Um, So Sawyer is my type one. He's our firstborn and um, was actually diagnosed at 17 months old when we were already pregnant with our second. Um, So Holly um, was in utero, I guess, whenever um, we got our diagnosis. Um, So she's a fighter. She's a little bit scrappy because that was an emotional time for us as a family. Um, So she just turned two. And then I have a brand newborn, um, Camilla, who is just now almost four months old. So, um, you know, living with diabetes, obviously, you know, it's completely feasible to be able to focus your attention on more than one child. Well, let's talk about, so... um what what were the signs? What did you see whenever you decided that? How did it all go down? Yeah. So um, obviously, our son is just like, you know, the most precious thing to us, right? And at 17 months old, you know, we're, we are just loving life and, you know, happily pregnant with our second and just, you know, in this kind of constant state of euphoria. And we started to notice that, man, he is really wetting through his diapers. Hmm. And we would go in to get him out of the crib in the morning and the crib sheets would just be completely soaked through, Hmm. you know, and I just didn't know if that was normal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if he was hitting some kind of a, a, you know, growth milestone. Um, How much did he weigh? Oh man, that is a great question. I mean, probably about twenty four pounds. I mean, did he lose just a weight during that whole process? Absolutely, he lost. Um, I think by by the time it was all said and done, I mean, it was some ridiculous percentage of his body weight. Um, which, looking back now, obviously on the pictures, you know, we can totally see it. But when mm-hmm. you are just in that survival mode, I mean, we weren't able to step back far enough to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had these really full diapers, you know, he was, his personality kind of shifted to real, just this cranky kid. And he was <laughs> like, not at all that. I mean, just, well, I'm sure as first time parents, you don't know what's normal. Yeah. So, absolutely. It, you know, so just the, you know, whatever. So, 
And okay. we, I mean, we knew we had it good because he was such an easy baby, you know? Right. And so we thought, oh man, this is like that, you know, terrible twos that everybody's warning us about. And, um, you know, we just kind of had that gut instinct that something else was kind of off. And so we took him to the pediatrician, you know, with every symptom that we saw, which, you know, I mean, obviously we've touched on the, you know, frequent urination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just wasn't eating well, which obviously meant that his you know, was losing weight. And yeah. I mean, with every different phase of it, um, you know, I mean, it was, it was easy to kind of say, well, you know, he's cutting molars. Mm. So, you know, he's going to be cranky and he's probably not going to feel like eating. So he's gonna, you know, pee more because he's just drinking because he's not hungry wow. because his teeth hurt. Which all of that really does you know, make sense if you think about it. I mean, absolutely. that was, those are realistic reasons. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, <clears> I mean, in, in 199 other kids, they would absolutely be correct, you know, but right. our, our little guy happened to be the one where that, that wasn't true. Um, and so then, you know, I mean, it just, it just got worse, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I think the next thing we saw was that he was throwing up like once a day, Ooh. um, which, you know, now we know that was a response to all the acid that mm-hmm. was in his body and he was going into DKA. And, um, you know, by the time all was said and done, we'd been to the doctors, I mean, six or seven times over the course of four weeks. And nobody ever mentioned diabetes is not at all. And, and I mean, it wasn't even on our radar as a family because right. no one in our, no one in our family has type one, um, you know, and everybody talks about the genetic component. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, we just, we had no clue, um, right. what was going on. And, and in fact, you know, the night before he, um, became unconscious, um, he, we went to the, you know, kind of the emergency, um, pediatric, mm-hmm. um, clinic and they did a chest x-ray um, or abdominal x-ray and you know determined that maybe he was just um, the reason he was vomiting was maybe he had you know a, a blockage mm. um, and things weren't going through which I mean was true because he hadn't been eating well right <laughs> you know I mean it just it's it's nuts now that we know exactly what was going on. Um, but so, you know, this poor kid, we, you know, did a urinalysis, which we were awaiting the lab work. Um, you know, we, we did this x-ray and then, you know, we were doing an enema and I mean, just, I mean, he was vomiting like crazy. Did they keep him in the hospital? No, they didn't. Um, you know, in fact, the doctor on call that night just kind of, you know, assuredly said, you know, mom, it's a virus. You need to go home and you need to get some sleep. And I thought, okay, I guess I've turned into that crazy mom and I just (laughs) need to take a step back and get some rest. And, you know, hopefully the vomiting will subside and he'll feel better in the morning. And, you know, it just, I mean, his health continued to decline. Mm. Um, And in fact, that next morning um, we ended up through a series of, you know, ice storms and power outages in Shawnee. Um, And they absolutely saved our son's life. Um, They were able... This is real life, people. I guess... Sorry about the emergency there. It's not us. Okay. Yeah. So so you were in Shawnee. Yeah. And... um, my uh, my mother-in-law is a former nurse, mm-hmm. and so she kind of recognized, you know, what we now know is Kusman breathing, um, and kind of said, how long has he been breathing like that? Explain to me, what is Kusman breathing? Because it's the first I've ever heard of it. Very labored. Um, mm. I mean, you know, it was kind of this... And as a baby, that's, you know... Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mm. think it's kind of what they... in the elderly referred to as kind of the death rattle. Oh God. Exactly. I mean, sorry, this is real life. Of <laughs> um, and so, you know, I mean, 
you know, I just kind of was saying, yeah, it started at this time and this is what they did last night. And, and here's literally all of my notes going back to the very first time we took him in and mm. he started putting all the pieces together. And finally she was like, I just, I think there's something else going on. And, you know, I'm type two and I have a glucometer here. Can I test his blood sugars? And I, you know, I was like, please, what, I just yeah, do whatever it takes. need a, an answer, a diagnosis. And so when she tested him, he was at 697. I can't um, believe the meter went that high. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean now, I mean, I know that's kind of rare, but Jesus. So we, uh, we went to the emergency room and were able to give them that piece of vital information. And I mean, within 10 minutes of our arrival, they were drilling a hole into his shin um, to provide fluids because he was so dehydrated. That just makes me so sad. I mean, and a parent to have to watch that, my God. So yeah. they put an IV in his leg. Absolutely. Yeah, they put an IV in his leg um, and um, we're trying to find a location for him to be transported to. The night before, there were no um, pediatric rooms available in ICU and in Oklahoma City. And there was a very real um, case that there might not be one available in Tulsa. And so, I mean, they were just trying to figure out mm. where we would need to transport. And so they confirmed that there was one bed available in Tulsa. And we were prepared to go there by helicopter. My family um, lives in Bartlesville. And so I'm like, you know, they'll meet us halfway. This will be fine. You know, wherever we need to go, we need to go. Um, and when they made the call to Oklahoma City, there was one room available. And so they put our name on it. We came back to Oklahoma City via ambulance on the ice. Wow. And, um, what, what, was this, what, what was the date? It was the weekend after Thanksgiving. So okay. we had just been with family. And I think that's kind of when I realized, you know, everyone was noticing that he'd lost a lot of weight mm -hmm. and that he was just so cranky and that something was super off. So you guys, you're in an ambulance, you get to Oklahoma City. Yeah. And I'm sure that was a scary drive in itself. But so what happens when you get to the hospital? Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, when you're in the thick of it, you're not really, I mean, you're just like, I'm doing this for my kid, right? Like right. that mama bear instinct just totally took over. And I never stopped to actually think about it from my husband's perspective. And, mm -hmm. you know, he said, I, I just want you to think about what I was going through because I'm putting my pregnant wife in an ambulance with my unconscious son on the ice <laughs> and just hoping that my whole world doesn't go up in flames. Where was he? Was he? He was driving behind the ambulance. Okay. Um, which, thankfully, his parents, you know, came back with him um, on that on that ride in our family car. Um, but they could only put one parent, in the, yeah. you know, in the ambulance. I'm sure that's a hard decision. Yeah. I mean, in itself. Yeah, and I mean, in my mind, it was like, there's no question I'm <laughs> going to be with my son. <laughs> right. But I, like I said, I didn't even think about, you know, I'm like. The, this is, this is his whole world right here in this, you know, medical vehicle right. on the ice going back to Oklahoma City. And um, so once we got, you know, kind of through all the red tape and just were trying to catch our bearings and figure mm -hmm. out what was going on, um, you know, I mean, it was kind of that, thankfully, you know, they've, they've got an idea of what's going on. And yeah. even as scary as it is now in this uphill battle, thank the Lord we've got some answers. Yeah. So how because we talk about this often and the diagnosis is now, um, you know, a lot of kids granted your child was incredibly ill. So how long did they keep him? 
He was in um, the PICU for three days. Okay. And then um, they kept him overnight, um, just like in the pediatric unit um, after that. So, I mean, our, our total hospital stay was four days. That's um, so crazy to me. Yeah. And they had to, I mean, gradually take him, you know, down um, yeah. because the threat, I guess, at that point was that he had been surviving for so long on this elevated blood sugar oh, that if you took it him down too, too fast, yeah, yeah he'd he feel would. bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is insane. So they're slowly, okay. So he's getting insulin. Are they giving him shots or are they doing it through an IV? Can they do it through an IV? They can't do it through an IV. Right. <laughs> so they, they, they put in, um, like a pick line. Okay. Um, and they were, you know, basically testing his blood, yeah. you know, constantly. And I mean, Admittedly, that was kind of a blur. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I saw <laughs> can't imagine why coming in, going out, coming in, going out, and right. I mean, they were very good and very kind to always say, you know, this is what we're doing, this is how much we're, you know, giving. Um, and I mean, the needles just looked so huge compared to how tiny our guy was, you know. But with oh, the yeah. pick line, you know, I mean, they were basically just putting it, you know, into, you know, directly. Yeah. So was nice. Did so while you were in the hospital for the four days, I mean, obviously there's so much going on. Did they teach you how to give shots? Yeah. (laughs) Really? Okay. So how did they teach you? Yeah. Um, well, Dr. Griggs came in, um, and was at first needed to explain like, okay, here's how we got to where we're at. Right. This is what diabetes looks like. And your son is in DKA and what Mm. does all this mean? And so, um, I have a picture of the diagram he drew on this whiteboard and I'm a teacher. So having somebody sit down and kind of say, here's what you saw, um, happen. And I mean, with every, you know, new symptom that he was explaining or why the body was reacting the way it was. And we're like, you know, my husband and I are just looking at each other kind of like, yeah, we saw it. You know, right. we went to the doctor because we saw it and, you know, nobody really put it all together. Right. Um, but obviously with, you know, explaining kind of how the decline of his beta cells mm-hmm. and that his body was, you know, producing some small amounts of insulin. And so, hmm. you know, um, that whole piece was a little overwhelming. Um, but looking back on it now, I, I just am so thankful that they were as thorough as yeah. they were. Well, what did they start him off on? What was the regimen? I mean, because when I was diagnosed, it was so long ago. I was on NPR and regular, NPH and regular, NPR. <laughs> That's funny. We love that. We love that. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> but it was just like a mixture and it was like you did it twice a day. But now with the advancements of an insulin and stuff, so did they give you carb ratios or, I mean. No. Um, and still, I mean, we're kind of, we're, it's kind of uh, hard, you know, to figure out how <laughs> much still, it's kids are going to eat. Right. Um, so we're still not counting carbs yet um, because he yeah. just, it's so infrequent on how much he'll actually sit down right. and ingest in a setting. And with yeah, it tough. being summertime, you're like, oh man. Yeah. Like, um, but um, so we started off with both long acting and, and short or fa- fast acting insulin. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't, I mean, we started real small, um, you know, with like just a couple of units of insulin, a, a half a unit. Wow. Um, you know, with, and you're giving injections during this period of time. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Yeah. And so we use the pin, okay. um, which I mean, does come in half increments, yeah. um, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, my husband has like a lifelong friend who was diagnosed at 13. And so, um, it's really interesting for us to kind of compare notes cause he'll be like, Oh, you know, I'm using this many units right. for a meal. And we're like, Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's really not eating that much yet. You know? <laughs> right. Um, 
And so, I mean, mm. it's it's kind of nice to be able to imagine his life as an adult and to have friends mm. and, and know people that are married to type ones who um, just kind of give you that you piece know, of advice. Well, and peace Happy. of mind as yeah. a mom, you know, like he's going to be great. He's going to be fine. Like right. we're going to teach him everything he needs to know. And, and during your diagnosis, because I know it's so different now, like I said, you know, I was kind of given a death sentence. So did they, I mean, and I hate to say that to the doctors, but did they touch on anything about the complications long-term or scare you at all, any point with that kind of stuff? No. And in fact, I mean, I just remember like we, you know, we, we went to two different, you know, education Mm -hmm. training, so to speak, while we were there, um, talking about, you know, the, the history somewhat of yeah. like, this is what it was like. And this is what yeah. you're going to hear because that's what people around you are going to remember. Right. But here's the reality. Um, and so then, I mean, they just kind of explained, you know, just kind of mucked us through that whole experience, um, of when you go home for the first time yeah. and, you know, um, please call us and here's the cell phone number and, that's great you know, that wake us up that. in the middle of the night right. because if we don't hear from you, we're going to be more worried, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you're a brand new parent with this. Right. And, and I mean, it's terrifying because you're like, uh, this sounds hmm. like a really small amount of insulin, but you know, it I mean, can kill you. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes, it doesn't take much. Yeah. So does he, when he has a low blood sugar, mm-hmm. because I mean, it's way different when you're younger and it evolves or I guess lessens and how you, your reactions happen with, you know, a low BG. So can you tell when he's, he's low? Yeah. And in fact, can he tell? Yes. Okay. Already. Good. Yeah. I mean, he, it, it's kind of funny because what I've noticed is that if he's in a high he'll tell me that his stomach hurts. And so then if he's in a low, he'll ask for a snack. Um, So, I mean, it's kind of incredible. Yeah, Yeah, that he's already picked up on, like, when I'm feeling this way, mom usually gives me something and I feel Mm -hmm. better, you know? But does he abuse that? Because, like, you know, like, if, if I wanted something sweet... And I didn't do that, but I mean, I know kids do that now. So does he ever abuse that? No. And in fact, it's actually <laughs> our, our two-year-old who <laughs> abuses that because if brother is in a low, then she, she expects can... to get some fruit snacks. <laughs> so she'll I'm come wondering. walking through the house with the Dexcom like, I think you need to check this real quick because I'm pretty sure that we need some fruit snacks in our lives. <laughs> She's smart. She is. She's Way to scrappy. manipulate it. <laughs> right. We're not going to have to worry about her. Okay. And speaking of that. And I know we kind of touched on this. Are you having the other two children tested? Yeah. And in fact, um, with Holly, we're this year, um, we'll be a part of the trial net, um, here in Oklahoma city. And, um, my husband and I both, um, you know, went, um, to have the screenings done, Mm -hmm. um, right after Sawyer's diagnosis and neither, neither one of us show any markings. Um, you know, so I mean, we'll, we'll just wait and see what, what we find in, in Mm. the siblings. It's pretty incredible. And I know we talk about this often in the show is the advancements in technology now. Mm-hmm. And like you get to be a part of a research study that most likely is going to because affect someone's life in the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, oh, man, just what a what uh, you could lessen the burden for a lot of other people. Yeah. And it's nice. And, you know, I just and Trish Winters, who was on two shows ago, if every parent just insisted that their child's blood sugar was tested whenever they go in. I mean, it sucks. You're probably going to have to pay $14 out of pocket or something ridiculous, but it's worth it because it would show even if they're in their 200s. It absolutely is. And I think that's kind of what we left thinking, Hmm. right? Was that, you know, it really wouldn't have been that expensive 
to go ahead and have had his blood sugars tested, you know, even mm-hmm. within that first two weeks of us going, something's not right. right. Um, you know, and so I just, I'm encouraged. Um, my husband and I have both been kind of a part of this whole move to educate doctors on, mm. on why it's so necessary. Um, and I mean, the overall cost of, of his declining health, I mean, is, is absolutely ridiculous when you think about how it could have been, you know, yeah. just alleviated right there in that first two weeks. With just a simple test. And it's so mm-hmm. crazy. And going back to the, the doctors. So I just got back, oh, I guess three weeks ago from, uh, Indianapolis, um, Nova Nordisk flew out eight bloggers or podcast hosts to talk about a couple of things. One, which I'll do a full podcast later, but um, insulin accessibility and affordability. Mm. I'll be writing about that and we can go into deep conversation about that here in a second because <laughs> it's always, you know, there's just so much to that. But um, one of the things that I was really impressed with with that company is that we're sitting across the table from some of the heads of the heads for the United States and Canada and the fact that they listened to what we had to say. And we were angry, some of us at times, but they, they, I think they're using our feedback for good things. But one of the things that they did that was so impressive was they have a virtual reality system. I don't know what the hell it's called, but um, I did a little video, a live video with it. And then I, I think I posted a couple of pics, but anyway, I put on headphones and then I put on the goggles and you had three choices being lo- having a blow lo- low blood sugar, going to the pool, doing stuff around the house or driving. And so I chose the pool and out of the eight of us, I think, uh, it might've been four and four, four were people with type one and four were either parents or writers. Mm. And, um, while I was doing mine, when the heart, you could hear the heartbeat, I started to sweat and it was just like, if like I was having that reaction. So I was like, damn, this is dead on. It was crazy. Well then the gentleman sitting next to me, um, his daughter has type one and he just got emotional. He was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is what it's like. Like, mm-hmm. how is she ever going to cut up her own fruit or whatever? Because and it was just really sad. And so what I love about this is they're going to, the new Nova reps are going to start encouraging all healthcare providers to do this simulation so they can better understand what their patients are going through and hopefully be a little bit more compassionate, not that they're not. And I encourage them too, and whenever it's available, that parents will be able to do it. Yeah. Because then you get a firsthand experience of what it's like and yeah, it's just, it's going to change again, a lot of things. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, I've got to give credit back to our pediatrician because I mean, he, I think carries a lot of guilt over the fact that he, you know, missed this diagnosis. Right. Um, and, and has like more obviously (laughs) than made up for it in, in these, these years. And, you know, my husband and I weren't, we weren't angry. I mean, we were just literally so thankful that he was still living, still breathing, um, still going to have a a vibrant life ahead of him. And, um, the, in the times that we've, you know, gone back now, I mean, it's not as frequent, you know, when they're, Mm -hmm. when they're newborns, you're in there all the time, you know, but now, I mean, we've got these four, this four year old appointment coming up, which (laughs) I hear is not good. Um, but he, the last time we were in, he was showing me a new, um, form of technology 
you know, similar to the Dexcom in that, you know, it's, um, the Abbott Freestyle Libre. Yes. And he was actually wearing it, um, to kind of show how it works. And, um, so he was, you know, really excited about how Mm -hmm. affordable it was. And, you know, obviously as a (laughs) four-year-old, I mean, (laughs) it's not necessarily going to be the, you know, right. The one that we need right now. Um, but I mean, I think that that, healthcare community is listening, um, at the needs of some more affordable products to be able to, you know, have a quality of a life with type one. Well, it's a race right now. It is absolutely a race. And at the end of the day, I'm hoping that the people with diabetes and their families will be the ones that take, get the, the upper hand on it all. Mm -hmm. Um, granted, I have to say that with all the companies, whether you're a pharmaceutical company or, you know, the, the tech companies, um, a lot of money gets, they have to spend a lot of money in order to get the technology out and to get it FDA approved. So I kind of give them a little bit of, you know, and I'll, like I said, I'll write about this in great detail, but, um, I'm just thankful that there, there is a race right now. Yeah. Because, you know, I've had the, I had the Dexcom G5 for about nine months and they became a Dexcom warrior for G6. And I have said, and I hope to talk to the type one parents at the group you go to, a three-year-old could put on this device by themselves. I love it. Empowerment big time. Yeah. And I just think that's the quality of life for everybody will just really improve. Well, and I mean, so after his diagnosis, I mean, you know, <laughs> being a teacher and my husband is like all about research. Right. He's a researcher for um, part of his profession. And so, I mean, we just immediately threw ourselves into trying to understand and see, you know, what was out there and what was available. Right. And, um, you know, when we... When we did um, finally move to the Dexcom, um, you know, we would watch these YouTube videos of parents doing, right. you know, to their um, children that were asleep and they didn't I don't know how wake they're doing up. It in their sleep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like right now we can't even, you know, we can't even try and do a finger prick without him like losing his mind because the, you know, the ones in the hospital were just so much, um, deeper. Oh yeah. Um, horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, what we Bone use prickers. yeah, on, on a regular basis is obviously much more, um, or I guess much less invasive. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we've, we're now there. We're those parents that can change a sensor in the middle of the night and not he even wake the baby. <laughs> yeah. Really? He, I mean, it's, it's crazy how much he <clears throat> just, you know, you just become used to it, I guess, you know, how long, uh, where, where does he like to wear his he likes it on the back of his arms. Man, I know. It's yeah. So much, I, and we're, I don't think that's approved, but... Um, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I think they really want you to wear it on your stomachs because it's, it's supposed to get better um, better numbers, but I have had a fabulous time on the back of my arms. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in the beginning, we kind of moved it around and, you know, tried, you know, the upper um, back or yeah. I guess lower back, upper buttock, mm-hmm. I guess. And he, and he liked it there... Um, for a time. And so, I mean, we, we just let him choose. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like there's just so little choices he has control over that. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is definitely one that we're like, yeah, where do you want to wear it, bud? You know, put a bunch of stuff over it. So it doesn't do you all like the, what are they called? Yeah. We do a griff grip Yeah, uh-huh, on top of it. Um, and actually we, we've, uh, found a new brand that we really like, which is Simpatch. Okay. Um, I've and heard of it. yeah, they're, um, I'm, I'm that Amazon mom. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, you <know>? Amazon. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon Smile. Um, we can give money back to. Oh, uh, and speaking of that, let's do it. Hold on, let's plug it a little bit. So we have an Amazon. So if you click on uh, my tattoo on the website diabetesdailygrind.com, 
um, and shop, we get a percentage. So that's what kind of keeps the show going. So that was not, that was an organic pitch. I just want to say that from the breath. Thank you, Amazon. Okay, go ahead. Thank you, Amazon. Um, Yeah, so we really, we use the Sim Patch, um, you know, and in the beginning, I mean, he's just, especially in the summertime, he's so super active in the water, out of the water, all around the water. And, you know, I mean, it's like the adhesive just wasn't keeping up with an active toddler. So, um, yeah, that's tough. So does your daughter... So she's, you know, loving the Dexcom for him because she gets the snacks. But mm-hmm. has she noticed anything else or like he gets more attention or anything because of his diabetes or has there been any riff with that? No. Um, I mean, honestly, she's, it's really interesting to me because she kind of has that like mother hen about her, right? <laughs> like she's like bossing everyone else around and like taking <laughs> care of all the things. Um, I don't know where she gets that. <laughs> anyway, she's, um, she's hysterical though, because she, you know, she will carry around the kit when she feels like he's either low or high. Oh, wow. And I mean, I would say probably four out of five times she's right. Um, so I mean, she can pick up on the body language. Yeah. And people had told us, you know, like siblings just kind of have this innate sense That's over crazy. one another. And, and, you know, I mean, they kind of said, you know, watch out for this because it's really interesting and we can't quite explain it, but right. I mean, she, she for sure knows, um, you know, mm. if he's had a particularly, you know, like a low day where we just feel like we can't ever get the blood sugar to rise. Like she's usually not a real sweet kind of <laughs> low key child, but on those days, I mean, she just knows, you know, she's very low key and very sensitive That's and great. very sweet, you know? So, hmm. um, it's, it's really interesting. You should um, document that. Yeah. I mean, because that's pretty, that's pretty fascinating in my mind. Yeah. My sisters, I mean, only as an adult, have we yelled at each other because they're like, <laughs> you need to test your blood sugar. I'm like, you need to test your blood sugar. And I was like, <laughs> Don't tell you me know, what to right. Do. And so it's, that's before the Dexcom. But uh, so, yeah. So let's talk about, so I saw Carrie a couple of weeks back at a, one of my friends was hosting a fundraiser. So you are running for state Senate. I am. District 40. That's which correct. I just realized I am not in. I'm just shot Western. Outside. I mean, yes. seriously. Anywho, that doesn't matter. Um, so what I like about in reading on Carrie's, what's your website, Carrie? It's just CarrieHicks.com. It's spelled C-A-R-R-I-H-I-C-K-S.com. And so you, you have four talking points on there, four real areas of focus. And let's talk about two things, education and then the healthcare. So yeah. those are hot topics for the United States, but especially right now for the state of Oklahoma. So, yeah. So I'm an educator. Um, and in fact, I'm a second generation educator, um, public school teacher. And so, you know, talking about education around the dinner mm-hmm. table and, and watching my dad, um, and his, you know, classes year after year. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, it's been a continual part of, of who I am. In fact, we all kind of like joke now because, you know, his, his go-to like one liner was always, you've got to get a good education. You know, (laughs) like if you, if you're going to do anything in life, you've got to get a good education. And so I think, you know, looking at kind of the political landscape right now, and, and in fact, what was highlighted by this teacher walkout is the fact that, you know, Oklahoma is pretty much decided that kids, you know, are, are not important, um, or worth the investment. And, um, you know, that it's sad to me that the teachers were the ones that took up that cross and, um, you know, had, had been given, you know, an, an adequate raise, let's just say before the walkout even began. And I mean, I think to that point, it was just that, 
you know, what you are thinking is enough is not even close to what our kids are, are worthy of. Um, and so, I mean, obviously that 10 days didn't end like we wanted it to, um, but I'm okay with it having a little bit of sting. You know, I think it gives people an, an, kind of that little motivating piece to get to the polls and remember that if mm. you think kids are worth that investment, then you have got to exercise your right to vote these people out. Yeah. I mean, like I literally get chills because watching the teachers on, you know, Facebook and everything, the camaraderie and it really, it just spoke volumes and I'm not an educator nor do I have children, <laughs> but just to fight that hard and, um, and people will vote with their feet and the, the politicians better get ready because there's going to be a lot of people out. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, to that point, you know, voting with your feet, um, my, my elementary school, um, was awarded a national blue ribbon, which means that it's like one of the best in, That's great. you know, out of 600 in the country awarded this past year. And, what was really disheartening was that 12 of the individuals who earned that recognition are no longer teachers, no longer there. Um, and, and they are still teachers, but they're in Kansas and Texas and Nevada and Arkansas. I mean, I can't imagine having to pick up my whole damn family just because we're not willing to dump the cash for you to teach my kid how to be the amazing person that it is. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, So moving on from education, let's talk about your healthcare. Like, what do you want to see or what do you plan to do? Well, and I mean, you know, our family is very similar (laughs) to most Oklahoma families, you know, where I feel like we're constantly fighting our insurance companies, you know, and, and, um, the fact that my husband and I, I mean, almost had to be educated, working and Mm -hmm. insured to be able to save our son. Um, It's just disgusting to me. Um, When you said, I think when we were talking, you were fighting insurance at that time because they would not approve the Dexcom. mm -hmm. Yeah. We we actually just just got the Dexcom back. Um, And and this is like our our second throwdown with the insurance company. And he's only been diagnosed since, you know, I mean, gosh, it's been, you know, two years, if that. And I can't imagine the kind of fights that are (laughs) coming for him. Um, and I just, I don't think it should have to be a battle. I don't. Um, I just think you, you take care of people and you invest in prevention and you make sure that people have accessible and affordable healthcare. And that over time drives those costs to the state way down. Yeah. I mean, it's just common sense. Um, and it's so crazy that it, it seems like such a simple equation, and yet they make it so difficult. Yeah, and and I think you know Oklahoma in particular has been pretty bold about wanting the Affordable Care Act to mm-hmm. fail. Yeah, um, you know, not opting into the expanded <laughs> Medicaid package. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Whenever you look at the fact that those are our federal dollars, and you know, as proud Oklahomans, you know, we're going to let our money's be spent outside our borders and that just doesn't it just doesn't make sense bet, yeah yeah and and the fact that that has to be a hard sell I think you know speaks to the fact that there's a lot of money on the other side that's being poured into some really um pointed campaigns that aren't being wholly truthful you know mm. um and then again I, I mean I think we've limited that marketplace to one provider and I just don't understand how you can have a market with one provider. Um, and I think I think two things. If you're going to limit it to one provider, then it needs to be a single-payer system, right? Yeah. Or you 
have a marketplace and you invite competition into that equation. I just don't think the way that we're doing things right now is giving anyone any choices at all. It's pretty sad. So I'm a part of the, you know, when Obamacare or whatever, however, whatever we want to call it, it was the first time in my adult life that I was able to get insurance. Mm. And that's crazy. And yeah, I will say that because I'm, I'm going to say a hustler, an entrepreneur, it's more the word, is that being, you know, because I've always been in the nonprofit world, had low income and without medical insurance, then I was, a, you know, I was able to participate in discounted insulin rates or be a part of pro, pro, um, programs because I couldn't afford my insulin. Mm. Now, you know, and so I had insurance for one year, then I couldn't get it the second year, couldn't mm. afford it, mm. which is insane. Now I have it again, which is wonderful. And my um, monthly payment is pretty reasonable, I would say. But I, again, I had to fight them. They approved the sensor, but no other part of the Dexcom. And I'm like, what the hell is that going to do? I'm going to wear this. This is not going to do anything. So I fought really hard and I met my deductible within a week. I mean, it was insane. So I just can't imagine. And so, you know, it just makes me so sad. And it's also makes me really pissed that when I did my taxes for 2017, I owe an astronomical amount because I couldn't afford health insurance. Uh. I mean, how do you get penalized for shit like that? I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, it, we ended up having to owe money to the state. And I was like, wait, what? Do they know I'm a teacher? Because I just don't. It's like a kick in the teeth. I don't get it. Like, how much less do I need to work or more? Like, I can't I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, but if I feel that way, then I know there are just so many more folks that feel even more righteously so. Um, because my, my husband is connected to Brad Henry. Yeah. Um, and ultimately that's how we ended up getting our our third piece approved um, through Health Choice was because we knew some people and they could help. who were working um, mm-hmm. in the insurance um, commissioner's office, and oh, it's like not how? many people. I mean, really, yeah, a handful can ever say that, right? And that I mean, I think that that just strengthened my resolve to the fact of like we are so lucky, and we need to acknowledge the fact that we mm. are privileged. And what do the other parents who are not as well educated? Yeah. who are not as wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, by, by no means are we <laughs> much wealth. But yeah, you, you know, have, you, yeah. And who do not have our connections. How do they survive? Well, if you look at all the social media right now, and one of the reasons that Novo brought us out there was because there was this huge campaign about um, people rationing their insulin and dying. Mm. And they really pointed the finger at Novo. They were the first. And it was because of this one particular individual. And I'm so sorry that they passed um, because of this, but then they pointed the finger at Santa Fe and all the other Eli Lilly and whatever. And then it really comes back down to, and again, this is going to be a whole, I'm going to get the experts on, you're going to hear, but we're pointing the finger at one part of five different parts that actually determine the cost of insulin. Mm -hmm. So let's bring all those people in the same room and Mm -hmm. hold everybody accountable at the same level, because it's, it's not fair for one group to wear the weight of all that. Okay. And they're not paying me to say that. So it's just, um, and I think one of the things they're really trying to do right now too, that I'm seeing is how do they reach the people that don't have the, um, the income or don't even have an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. So they don't need, because it's rural or they are not yeah. a part of the diabetes online community or whatever. So they don't know what resources are available. Yeah. So I'm a part of a community, um, through Facebook that's mm-hmm. called diapers and diabetes. And oh, so, okay. um, it's put me in contact with some amazing local folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can kind of hear the national dialogue on this yeah. forum as well. Um, which is almost 
heartbreaking yeah. um, to be involved because we do recognize that we're so lucky to obviously live, um, you know, in a metro area yeah. and to have just one of the best mm-hmm. pediatric endocrinologists who just pours into his patients and makes sure that we have, you know, abundance of information right. to make good decisions for our kids. You know, and some of the questions that are, I mean, I'm like, this is a Facebook group. You need to call a doctor. Like right. we are parents, <laughs> but we do not have medical degrees or the, <laughs> right. you know, the medical background. But everybody's to different that. too. Like everybody's yes. different. Absolutely. And I mean, just because we're on, you know, Traceba or yeah. Novolog or Humalog or, you know, whatever, right. I mean, you, there are just so many other factors yep. um, that a doctor would be able to understand, right. you know, as a parent, I'm like, I can give you my, my personal experience with my mm-hmm. one son on this one particular right. day, but I, I just, and I bet physicians are not allowed to be a part of those groups. Because they probably are not allowed. I mean, they couldn't give a medical advice in that sense, like forum. Agreed. Yeah, that's Which probably is, pretty true. Maybe they should. You know, there's. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what that means. I'm not sure what I'm pitching there, but <laughs> maybe if it was like a ten dollar a month subscription, you know what I mean, or yeah. something to where you could well, have that. And um, you know, one of, I mean, one of the people that's been, I think, you know, just so helpful to us um, and kind of navigating this whole thing. Um, is is a nurse, you know, here in Oklahoma City, who also happens to have a type one, and so who are we talking about? Kelly Caven, thank oh, you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she was um, she was really really helpful, um, and yeah, they've been the face of a lot of things, yeah, for good reason. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think they have good gut instincts, mm-hmm. they have good parental instincts. Um, They're letting their son actually have a normal life. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And tell um, the audience a little bit about the the play group that you guys have. Yeah, so um, we have a monthly kind of it's a it's a play group or a support group for yeah. parents. Um, and so once a month we kind of come together. And I apologize in advance; I have been nowhere to be found. Well, you're pretty busy these <laughs> knocking days, knocking doors, yeah. uh, pretty much every night of the week. But um, anyways, they you know provide some much needed playtime for children who have type one. And I think it helps kind of reinforce that, you know, that there are more of them out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I don't even think Sawyer knows that he's not normal or, (laughs) I I mean, he is, he is normal. He's, he just has a broken pancreas. I don't even know. (laughs) But I mean, I just, I don't think he gets it yet um, because he's, it's just so normal around our house. Um, and so they get together, they form these friendships, um, which I think is a whole lot like, you know, those camp bonds, you know, or war buddies, so -hmm. to speak. And then the parents have a chance to kind of, you know, um, there's equal parts unloading of just like, man, we've been through it and I just need to get this off my chest to people who understand. Um, and Hey, have you heard about X, Y, Z? Like this is really exciting. It's like a really odd networking group Mm -hmm. to a group you never wanted to really participate in, (laughs) but you found a little bit of a community. And I'd say I only went one time, Mm -hmm. I think you were there. Yeah. And, um, nobody knew who I was and that's fine, whatever. So all the parents are sitting around and I thought, I'll listen to what they have to say. And we all, all had to go around and introduce ourselves. And I just, when that came to me, you just started bawling. I was like, Oh my God, I'm the person with diabetes and all the parents, you've got mm. it so much worse. And I remember just losing my shit on the, I mean, that was just like, Oh my gosh. And to hear what all the parents were thinking, like it just gives me a new level of respect for my mom. And mm-hmm. um, because 
she was never in my face about it. Right. She made sure I had everything, you know? Yeah. So it's just, so that group, I can tell when everybody was unloading men and women, I mean, there was tears all across and, and then the high fives for the parent, you know, it's just really good to see that you guys have somebody. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think you've got to have those people who can say, oh my gosh, like we got our A1C down. Woohoo. Yeah. Like we're so pumped or, you know, man, we, we're, we're battling this weird thing or right. we, we got the flu. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, that's what do we one. do? Um, and so. Well, in different stages of your life, because they're going to mm-hmm. go through growth spurts and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff that if you don't have a support, you it, I, there's, I'm sure there's a handout you could read about it, but that's not the same as hearing somebody say, yeah, well, here's what we did. Yeah. And, and different backgrounds too, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, we're kind of of the mindset that we would rather, um, train, you know, individuals who are going to be responsible for our kids and mm-hmm. then just trust. Yeah. Um, is that and, a helicopter? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a helicopter, but I think it's, I think it's, fear maybe um, of just like, oh my gosh. And then what if this happens and I'm not there and they can't reach me. And, um, and I get that. I so get that, but, um, we're both working. So we don't really have a choice of, you know, being home, um, with him 24 seven. I mean, that's just not unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, it really is not the way that we can operate as a family. And so, and for his quality of life too, he needs to have some normalcy and being a kid. And well, and it, I think it just kind of took me by surprise, you know, hearing folks that were like, oh, you know, well, they've never been with a babysitter who, you know, doesn't have a type one. And I thought, I wouldn't even know where to look for, right. a, for a babysitter who would know how to handle that. We've just been we need to start really a company. lucky. You know? We need to start oh, a company yeah. with babysitting kids with a disability. There you go. Just throwing that out there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I know a lot of teachers who <laughs> need some extra income. <laughs> that's actually good. Yeah. And they already are used to taking care of kids. My God, that's like the perfect thing. I, we've got second jobs for everybody. We solved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like I'm, I'm just happy to see that you guys have that type of um, community. Yeah. So, for the a parent or somebody newly diagnosed, if they were listening, what would you say to them? You got to find the people, right? Like we we lucked into some really great folks, and our endo, um, you know, referred us to Diabetes Solutions, who right. just had so many great resources mm-hmm. for us and just had access to the folks that, you know, like, Hey, you need to reach out to this individual or, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think in the beginning we were nervous, right. To share too much or, you know, mm-hmm. ask for too much help. Cause we really didn't know what we were getting into yet. Right. And, um, you know, happened to have some really close friends that, knew our story who were connected to some great right. people. And so even though Oklahoma city has a lot of residents, I mean, it's a, still very much a small town. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so, I mean, once we were kind of comfortable enough to, to share where we were in our diagnosis and in our journey, mm-hmm. I mean, the people just fell out of the woodwork for us. Um, and it's one of those things too, because I, you know, my past housemate, Bud, was friends with your husband and he was yeah. like, Oh my God, Amber, you need to reach out to this family because their son was just diagnosed with type one. Um, and it, it's, it, everybody knows somebody. Right. And so it's a matter of just connecting the dots. It is. And I mean, speaking up for that, you mm-hmm. know, too, of, um, and being open to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just one of those people that's always been able to just handle business. Right. Right. And I don't, 
I don't need to ask for help because I can, I can do this. Um, and in a lot of ways, sure. You know, we could have gone into the silo and, you know, just taking care of things. Um, but I, I just think that that experience was so much richer mm-hmm. for us whenever we were able to let others in and kind of see where they were on their journey right. and understand where they're coming from. And, you know, I mean, now just fired up to try and make some changes that, again, just makes sense, you know, for not only my family, but for all of the families that we see in the support group. Um, because I mean, there are, there are a lot of challenges medically and actually Sawyer has a, an eye screening, his first eye screening on Tuesday. Um, you know, just to Mm -hmm. check things out, see how it's going. And, um, and that's going to be one of, you know, no doom and gloom because I don't believe in that, but for the average person, I mean, I mean like the average person doesn't go to the doctor unless they're sick. Mm Mm-hmm. For someone with diabetes, I mean, I see probably four specialists a year. Mm-hmm. And so it's a mat, and that's for the rest of my life. And then you tack on a couple of extra specialists, should I be having a problem? So I think that, you know, that's just something else to take into consideration with the burden living with the disease for the parents or for the individual. So, yeah, and I just, I guess I get frustrated with the, fa- you know, with what we were talking about rising prices of insulin. I mean, this is not cosmetic. Right. You know, I mean, this is not a choice. Right. Um, and, and I'll never forget our very first meeting, um, with our diabetes educator, they said, you know, whatever your expectations were as a family, you already know as parents, how you were going to cook meals, um, yeah. you know, what expectations you had for that child should still be the same hmm. regardless of this diagnosis. Right. And, and I, that was almost empowering, you know, because I think, there definitely were those in our family who were like, Oh, you can't, you absolutely can't do this. You can't do that. You have to be careful of this. And, right. you know, from that old school mm-hmm. mantra, um, you know, and we just kept saying, I understand, you know, that you right. might feel this way, you know, however, be kind. here's how we're going to do things <laughs> right. moving forward. Um, you know, and, and I mean, we're admittedly just so thankful that our, our parents, um, both my husband and my parents are just been, excellent, you know, and mm-hmm. open-minded and like, okay, sure. Great. Whatever. You know, right. we'll take the kids. No, no problem. You know? And then I think it's like, Oh, a panic he's at, you know, <laughs> how much and what do we, and, um, and not to take just the one with diabetes, my God, they're going to have to take three. And yeah. it's like, you've got some really good parents. We have, we have excellent parents. They're well, awesome. is there anything I want to say one funny thing, and this is a shameless selfless. I don't know what the word is plug. So in talking about the cost of everything, and in a different, I'm going to start on a different note. For me, and I never realized this until I was an adult, and I'm saying this to parents that let your child find something that's therapy, and whether that's soccer, um, journaling, or something, because they have a voice, they just don't know that it's there, or mm-hmm. they need an outlet that's going to help them turn off that part of their mind, because it's a 24-7, you're thinking about it all the time. And so for me, it's always been art, and I've always worked on jewelry, and through different times in my life, that stage or that part of me was taken away because I was too focused on my career or anything. But I've got, I'm now back into it. Mm-hmm. And for good reason, because I really needed the therapy recently. So I started a, an Etsy account for my jewelry nice. and it's called Mama Needs Groceries. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about it, because when I was thinking about this the other day, I was like, it should be Mama Needs Diabetes Supplies. But, you know, that's just an extra form of income to help me get everything I want, whether it's travel or wine or insulin, whatever. So check it out. Mama needs groceries, buy something and share the word. Um, but 
going back therapy, does, has Sawyer found anything that, or have you noticed anything that kind of, is that calming place for him? He, I mean, he's just a real curious kid. Like he loves all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's in dance class, um, which has, how many boys are in there? There's three That's good. in his hippity hop class <laughs> um, at Velocity Dance, and they are so patient and so awesome. Um, and honestly, you know, I mean, they, they knew um, he, he was type one, mm-hmm. and I actually can, peace of mind, just leave the decks come. And I mean, it's only a 30-minute dance class, but right. I usually drop him off and then go get the groceries for the week and come back and pick him up, you know, because... Well, um, but I mean, just having that, that safe place, obviously it might be therapy for me, truly <laughs> to, to, just <laughs> to put him in the dance class. Right. Um, you know, but he, so he enjoys dance. Um, he also plays soccer mm. and he, that's gotta be a challenge. Like I'm keeping an eye on his blood sugar. Does, have you seen, I mean, is he all over the place or does it matter? I mean, I know that's not a fair question, but yeah, I mean, it's daily. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, totally retracting that. No, comment. but, um, I mean, he, he loves, he loves soccer. And, and I mean, we always, you know, most, most of those, um, you know, rec leagues kind of have that snack time built in Oh yeah, right afterwards. Yeah. So we just make sure that he has beef jerky or, you know, mm-hmm. go-gurts or something like that available because, you know, we, we know that he's going to need some protein to kind of balance some things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he's such a compliant kid. <laughs> like, That's good. He never asks, he never asks for things that, you know, we might go, Ooh, I don't know if he really needs right. that cupcake with all that frosting. I mean, he just... I don't know if it's just so he's naturally not drawn to those things. Yeah, he's not. Um, I bet, and I'm going to say this because a lot of parents. I'm not saying that you should or whatever eat. You should eat whatever you want, but like I've never been drawn to it because it makes me feel bad. Right. So I'm sure maybe naturally he's he's felt the trend. Right. Yeah. I mean, like he he asks for you know Greek yogurt with protein <laughs> crunchies every morning for breakfast. Like good for mm, that yum. kid. Right. <laughs> it's going to be oh. healthy. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and and. I mean, the interesting thing is that I, I also have a high protein diet, mm-hmm. um, just because, I mean, after three babies and trying to make sure everything, yeah. you know, health wise kind of goes back to where I, I wanted it to be for myself. Um, you know, we, we eat protein pancakes and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I mean, that's not what because kind of, of diabetes, diabetes. Would you say, it's what, just, what kind of diet is that? Is there a, t- a tagline to it? Not really. I don't I mean, know about these diets, but I mean, that's, it's just our way of life. <laughs> and if it makes you feel good, you should yeah. do whatever. Yeah. yeah. And just making sure that we're, you know, balancing out the carb oh, stuff, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, I get that you, you got to have some of those great carbs in there, but, um, I don't, I don't know. We're carbs in like that yeah. muscle building phase, I guess, after, after having that baby, I'm like, I need, I need to get some, <laughs> some tone back in these muscles. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Well, I think, you know, that's, I think we've touched on everything that I can think of. Is there anything else you'd like to, to share with our guests? Yeah. Well, and I mean, wherever you're at, you know, in your journey with diabetes, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, I just want to be that voice of encouragement because Mm -hmm. we, we absolutely recognize that this was always going to be a part of his journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, the timing piece, you know, the question, I guess, in this diagnosis would have been when, you know, right. the, when he was going to be diagnosed. Um, so to us, you know, we're just, we are encouraged as a family because there's just never been a better time yeah. to live with diabetes. You know, you've got 
technology available and, you know, no matter what the prices are of the things that we know are absolutely necessary for life Mm -hmm. day by day, um, you know, that's a fight worth fighting. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, we're committed to it as parents. Um, and obviously, I mean, you know, I think my, my son has two scrappy little sisters that are also going to be right there in that fight with him of making sure that we have affordable and accessible health care for everyone um, because we know and we recognize that our family's lucky. Yeah. But, but that's why we're going to fight harder for everyone else. And with that, what we're going to end on, and I'm saying this as someone who's not a politician, I have no desire to be, get <laughs> your butt in gear, start doing your research, and like we said, you know, get out there and vote and know and read through things. Know what you're actually voting for or who you are voting for. And if you have questions, by God, contact their offices. Yeah. If they're well, already in office, you know. And, and I mean, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword, like living in this you know social media world, right? Because yeah. everybody's got a really great website, you know? So you've got to be able to cut through some of that language right. and figure out where what they're actually saying. Right. Um, so I'm always accessible, you know, via Messenger on Facebook. Mm-hmm. People reach out, you know, um, by cell phone, you know, or... or We're or not going to put your number on email. <laughs> I just I just mean, you know, um, if you really have questions and you read through the website and you think, I really don't know... Right what they mean by this then just ask um, because more than more than not you know hopefully I mean they'll be responsive um, and if they're not there's a, there's a your red flag right, right there yeah exactly <laughs> well um, thank you Carrie so much for being Absolutely. on the show thanks and, for having me yeah and I want to end as we always do with cheers to the highs and lows everyone one minor inconvenience little thing called diabetes is a daily grind and the daily grind and it grinds and grinds and grinds cause I've got more lancets than you you said I got more lancets than you Little thing called diabetes